Are you ready for some football? He talks green and gold. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels. Good evening and welcome. We are glad you're on board tonight. We are broadcasting live. We're at Root River Center. That's where you can find us. Myself, Mike Clemens on hand tonight down here as well. And uh, we're talking a lot of football this evening. Wish we were talking more about the Green Bay Packers playing in the postseason. But uh, nevertheless, uh, the Packers off. A lot of the talk about Aaron Rodgers, obviously. And you still have uh, some teams, eight teams remaining and four games coming up this weekend. Uh, first of all, good to have you like alongside rather than on the phone. Yeah, well, uh, you know, um, thanks to Green Bay no longer in the playoffs, <laughs> I don't have to be in Otherwise Green Bay. Otherwise you'd be up north, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so let's, you know, obviously the, the, the story has been uh, Aaron and what he said on the McAfee show yesterday. I said my piece today. Give me what you think. Um, about a month ago, I was standing in his locker and – I, I thought about this. I was like, I want to try and put listeners in in my right where I'm at, okay? Um, I don't, you know, again, my mission here for the show and covering the team is what is the team doing, you know, to put a winning team on the field this weekend? Um, I'm not a fan. People think sometimes I'm a fan. Hey, go get us a win. I, I don't, you know, right. I, I, I didn't care if they went to the Super Bowl or finished 8-9. and nine. I'm just trying to figure out what they're doing. And, frankly, what's the most interesting story, all right? Mm-hmm. Right. I've been with Aaron Rodgers. You and I were, were the first two guys to do interviews with him. Right. Along with somebody from newspaper the day that they brought him in there back in April of 2005. And, they, you know, he held up the jersey next to Ted Thompson because he was the first-round pick. Right. And I stood there, and here's this guy coming in after 18 years. And he comes up, okay, all right. So the cameras get around him, and we talk to him, and he takes questions for like 20, 25 minutes. The average NFL quarterback talks for about seven or eight minutes because they're like Kirk Cousins. They're kind of smart. Right. You know, but they're football players. Aaron Rodgers is on a whole different level, right? And right. the way he – and that's just talking X's and O's. That's breaking down the opponents, you know, up to a certain amount. I mean, obviously, he's going to keep certain secrets because he's got a game. Right. But breaking down and analyzing his own team, analyzing himself, uh, trying to make. And I just thought this is an incredibly interesting guy who just doesn't always translate. And I know at some point when this season's over with, we'll be at that period where you say, well, what did he do now? Or who's he dating now? Right. Or what is he? What? Why is he getting tattoos? And why is he dating a <laughs> witch? And and then I was, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say I'm gonna hold on to this to say he's standing two feet from me, and he's a pretty good guy. He's he's a different cat. He's quiet. He's really smart. But and and even Gudikin said the other day, made it a point to say it a couple times. We really appreciated his leadership. I mean, they made him the vocal leader. He doesn't want to talk about that or have that get out, but he was breaking down the team, you know, football kinds of things in locker rooms. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, I try not to get emotional about this stuff. Like, oh, that's the wrong thing to say. Right. It's not for me to judge. But I also, I'm trying to put myself in the mind of frustrated Packer fans that say, how can this franchise – have a guy who wins four MVPs and only one Super Bowl, not even get back to a Super Bowl, has one trip and one win for Super Bowl. 
and and I'm constantly trying to figure out how to answer that question for them. So he gets on there yesterday, and he he lays it all out. Yeah, you know, maybe I play someplace else. You know, I got to have these six guys back if I'm going to, you know, have any interest right. in coming back. I mean, he's right back to kind of fighting with the team rather than at some point saying, how about giving Goodykins a little credit on Christian Watson? That's right. a talent. Yeah. That's well, a, he talked that, about how he kind of came on. It wasn't all negative, but he talked about, you know, how Christian, you know, came on as, you know, as the season went on and he suffered through some injuries early and all this stuff that's true. Yeah, he, you know, he could do a little bit better in terms of giving that scouting department a little credit every once in a while and bringing those guys in. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I, and, you know, when you see, like, what happened to Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett and the absolute meltdown in Denver. Yeah. Because last March or so, when you saw, wow, they hired this really bright offensive coordinator from, from uh, Denver, and we already know that they got a pretty good defensive team in there, and we, we know that's a great front office, and now they're bringing in Russell Wilson. You know, every, that, all that place needed was a quarterback, and look out, right? And then you see pictures of Russell Wilson out there flying in these receivers on his dime to say, let's play catch, let's start working with this. And you're thinking, wow, these guys are, they're all on track, they're all in, right? Mm-hmm. And they end up being just one of the crappiest teams of all time. Right. And Nathaniel Hackett is just making crazy, weird game management decisions like going for 64-yard field goals week one. And, I mean, it just, it's unbelievable how the wheels came off like that. And right. You know, and he's, he's a lifelong coach. So my point to all that is, is like to Aaron Rodgers, I, th- I hope that's a wake-up call that he has a little bit more appreciation as to what he has been provided in Green Bay. Right. And that he's got to get over the hump on some things in terms of his decision-making during plays and maybe just staying within the play that's called than this constant, you know, oh, wait, I see this. Hey, can you see this too? And you know, that, that, that ESP that he thinks he has, that right. quote chemistry with other players, because he's got younger guys that haven't had enough snaps with him. He chooses not to come in the offseason to spend more time to discuss this. And so you end up losing to the Lions, you know, in a regular season game that could have got you a win and in. And so that's the complication of all of this. Do you think when and and Rogers had said so much in, in that interview with McAfee, and he had talked about, you know, wanting certain guys back, and then yes, he feels he can come back and win an MVP in the right situation, and he he keeps referring to if it's mutual. And I know that you guys asked Goody at the end of the season. He said, well, you know, they said, what is this mutual thing he keeps talking about? What's the problem? And Goody said, I have no idea. I mean, legitimately, like I have no idea. You'd have to ask Aaron. They've given him the money. They've kept Cobb. They've kept uh, Big Dog. They brought him back. They like Lazard. They got him some help. Uh, the only guy that left really is Lazard. Bakhtiari, they cared for, treated with kid gloves. They paid Elton Jenkins. They paid Kenny Clark. They've they paid, paid a Campbell. lot of guys. They paid Jair. I mean, all these guys that he liked and said deserved it. I mean, they've paid they eight or nine get, guys that they, could have left in free agency. They brought him in in the uh, in, in kind of like I don't want to say the meetings, but they, they've been talking to him about his opinion. What 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 is he talking about? Uh, you know, and you know, Gudikins made that that had that one that one move that one year three years ago, where he brought in 
defensive players like the Smith brothers and Adrian Amos, you know, yeah. and Billy Turner. And, you know, frankly, th- those two years, what turned out to be the two COVID years, those were your best shots to get to a Super Bowl. Right. And we all know, like, in that game against the Buccaneers, where Tom Brady throws up three picks and Aaron Rodgers can't convert those into touchdowns right. and put the game away, things like that, um, that makes you wonder. Where Where is Gutekinds right now? To me, in the room with them and, and, and in the previous times and just the feel for what's up there is I think that Aaron Rodgers got through this year. He was struggling. He had some injuries. Uh, I think Aaron is now starting to feel 38, 39 years old, you know, or as opposed to he was he never looked like he was anything off. Last last June when he came into minicamp, you know, for two years in off seasons and OTAs watching Jordan Love and then Blake Bortles out there for a while and yeah. Ben Kurt, you know, and this Danny Etlinger, these guys. And then Aaron Rodgers comes in. It's like night and day in one practice at minicamp. It's just like, oh, my God. It's like you could see the difference, and he looked fresh, and he was having fun, and it's like just the arm alone. Right. Not, not even the footwork, just the arm alone. It's like it was – he was 10 stories above anybody else there on the field. And that's when you say, oh, you know, Jordan Love's an average guy compared, to, compared right. to what this guy can do. The season rolls on. He starts taking hits. I asked the offensive coordinator, Adam Stenovich, point blank sometime in December. I said – what about his decision-making? Because that was me asking about fans can see on the end zone cameras, there's these open guys. He's trying to throw some guy in the right. sideline, and there's some guy wide open over the middle. How does he miss this? And his reply was, yeah, no, we've got been at him about decisions. He's holding on to the ball too long. He's being too courageous. He's taking way too many hits. Mm-hmm. Just throw it away. Right. So that's where he, that's where Tom Clements and, and Steno are in terms of where Aaron Rodgers' head is at. Otherwise, they're not going to get into, well, you know, he keeps on missing open guys because he wants to have a high percentage and cut down on his interceptions and blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I just think that um, I just – right now, Gutekinds and Lafleur, they – I think the organization wants to get a win – a Super Bowl win for Aaron Rodgers. And I think that just comes from Mark Murphy on down. If Aaron Rodgers goes and plays for some other team, they can't control that. Right. And if Jordan Love is in there, Brian Gutekunst believes that Jordan Love or most quarterbacks, except, you know, Brock Purdy, a rookie, right, right. comes in and goes 6-0 and right. and looks like a favorite to possibly win the NFC North and go to the Super Bowl, most quarterbacks have to come in and it takes them a year before, as, as, as Goody says, before they can win the game. Right. Before they can win the game. Like Trevor Lawrence did the other night in his second year. Mm-hmm. Throw four picks in the first half, throw four first downs in the second half. And your coach is like, hey, man, it's okay. Right. Just keep cool. That's what, you know, these guys think this will take a year before love, before we know if love is out there. Right. You know, for 16, 17 games. So... I think that they think that, look, legacy-wise, if we can win a Super Bowl for Aaron Rodgers, then we're gods forever. Yeah. Murphy, good against LaFleur. That's the mission. You know, that's what – And but if this guy is going to, you know, going to make all these other demands 
or just flat out saying, you know what, I want to try something else like Brady. I just want to, I just want to change the channel. Then they're like, okay, happy day. We're going to get three or four huge draft picks out of this, and we'll go with Jordan. And Lafleur will say, finally, now I'll have a quarterback who runs exactly how that we draw up the play. And he appreciates that Aaron Rodgers gets him out of jams all the time, right? Yeah. With changes yep. of the plays and little things like that. But who knows? Maybe at the end, that's what our offense needs. So Gutekunst and Lafleur, whereas the last two years publicly they're from the podium they're like we need Aaron Rodgers back we want Aaron Rodgers back they were desperate this was Gutekunst had this rehearsed before he did that 30-minute press conference last week Friday well we have to find out if he's a player yet right he said that three or four times and so what they're saying is okay we just lost to the lines yeah internally we questions what's going on here you know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they obviously they're talking about it through the whole year. Yeah. Like this guy's losing it a little bit. But Gudikins came out there and said, yeah, we met with Aaron for two days on Wednesday and Thursday. <clears throat> some with Matt, some with the and then maybe Tom Clements and Steno was in some of those meetings. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they just said to Aaron, OK, let's talk about this season. The good, the bad, what you like, what you didn't like. And they left it at that. You know why? Because they're going to let him go away and decide how his body is and how he feels. And physically, does he want to play and commit to another year of football? And then after that, where does he want to play? Because he's going to wait for them to make some of their free agency decisions. Well, that's my, and, that's and, the question. And, is... and, and, and so Goody goes up there and he says this. He goes, well, we need to see if he's a player yet. So in other words, Bill, Goody can say... Let the, let the player, let the athlete decide if he's going to play at 39 into 40 years old. And after that, we'll tell him what our future plans are. So he, he let us know that, that we didn't talk to Aaron about what, we're gonna, what we plan on doing in March. Right. Right now, Aaron needs to decide for himself, A, does he want to play? And B, where does he want to play? The argument is... If, and he said he'd make a decision, and obviously he wants to do it before free agency. But when you start thinking about taking care of your own guys and guys that are coming up on contract, and, you know, it's how much of a negotiation can you get into if Rodgers is coming back or isn't coming back? Because you know you got to know how much money is Alec, much like with, with Devontae. Devontae, for two years, wanted to know. He wanted a contract. I think if they went to, went to Devontae at the beginning of the season and said, here's all the money we want to give you, he's still a Green Bay Packer. But they couldn't. They had to wait to see what, what Rodgers was So Aaron Rodgers would lead you to believe he has changed that Ted Thompson mold. Like, you guys are players. You're down in the locker room. We'll come down and say hi. We love you for putting yeah. your bodies on the line. But we, we're not talking to you about other people's business. And, you know, when agents, you've got a, a quality future Hall of Fame player. Boy, they, th- they throw that around a lot, don't right. they? In Devontae Adams, it's like the agents say, yeah, yeah, I mean, we've called Russ. He takes our calls. They don't want to talk about it right now. Right. And you wait six months. And, you know, hey, Russ, how are we coming along? Yeah, we're not ready to talk yet. But, you know, we love him. He's doing great. Right. Oh, yeah, we totally appreciate it. No, you know, we're looking at that. We're yeah. looking at that. And that's what, that's what those agents are getting. Right. And they're telling the player that. Your team won't talk to us. And that, it, see, because people think it's, it was all about just getting back out to Vegas. And then they see other guys get signed. Right. You they, know? And they, they, and, getting and, back to Vegas, And then, hanging and then with publicly family. the GM comes out and says, hey, listen, before I sign anybody else, i got to figure out quarterback first. 
Right. You know, the quarterback says he doesn't want to come back. That's so exactly we, my point. we we got to settle on quarterback, and then we'll talk about Devontae and Aaron Jones and all these other, you know, contracts coming into place. But we, you know, we right now, you know, a year ago at this time, we got to figure out quarterback first. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network and of the huddle. We are at the Root River Center. We are here in Franklin, Wisconsin, which is where you can find us. Mike Clement alongside. I'm Bill Michael. Stay tuned. We got more coming up after this. Here we go. This is the huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. program glad to have you it is the uh, the bill michael Soto. we are broadcasting live we are here at uh, root river center which is where you can find us here in franklin wisconsin and uh, mike clemens alongside i'm bill michaels and uh, we were sitting here chatting about a lot of the stuff regarding aaron Rodgers and what's going on in green bay and uh, you know obviously we've got other games to talk about and we will coming up a little bit later on in the program but uh, and we're also going to hear uh did you hear the kevin harlan interview today i didn't kevin's awesome yeah. He's such a good guy. We might even play that back tonight. So. He's probably calling the Super Bowl again, right? Yeah. Yeah, he'll be calling. Uh, he'll be, but it was interesting because I asked him about, you know, Green Bay, and he told the story about the – and then we asked him at the very end, uh, and we'll, we'll hear it. I don't want to go through all of it, but uh, he was talking about uh, DeMar Hamlin because he was there. Him and Kurt Warner were doing the game oh, on that, that Monday night wow. in Cincinnati. And uh, he was talking about, you know, everything that happened and went on. But he was – Well, and he had like an hour, like – Okay, we've got this serious injury, right. and we got an ambulance. We're carting a guy away, but you know we're broadcasters. Me, what are we doing? Are we going so, back to the studio here or you what? Go. So here's the perspective. So uh, the last time this happened was back in the early '70s, uh, well, when the, the Lions the player. Lions player collapsed and died on the sideline. He was a ball boy. Get out of here! At, at, at the Tiger very, Stadium? At, no, at the very next game, the Lions oh, came here to Green Bay. To Green Bay, the Lions played the next week. Remember, the guy died on, yeah. the, on the sideline, and so he tells the story about being a ball boy on the sideline for the Lions because he worked at Lambeau Field, and he talks about how it was surreal. It, it was unlike anything he'd ever seen. These guys must have been like zombies. Yeah, I mean, they, you know. I yeah. can't imagine what it was like. So uh, he tells yeah, that, that story. So we'll hear that coming up tonight. Hughes was his name. And um, there's like a minute left in the game. And the Lions are down by about five to uh, the Chicago Bears. And you hear the announcers from WJR in Detroit that were calling the game saying, oh, we got a player down. And he's down there on the 16-yard line. He just collapsed. Right. 28 years old. And then the, the announcers say, and I didn't quite see him on the play because they were trying to throw to Charlie Sanders earlier, or Greg Landry, I think, was the quarterback. So what they say is, I, you know, I think Butkus was down there. So at first the announcers thought maybe Dick Butkus, the legendary linebacker for the right. Bears, knocked this guy out. <laughs> and then they come out, and they're looking at him, and they're waving other people. And then instead, they, they put him on a stretcher. And wheeled him and, out. And his arm dropped and yeah. dragged on the grass. Yeah. I mean, he was dead. Yeah. He had a blood clot in his heart, you know. His wife sued the hospital where he got his physical to clear, be cleared to go into Lions training camp. Yeah. Saying, well, how come you guys couldn't detect this? Well, you know, it was 1971. So, right. Uh, and she sued and settled out of court. 
but yeah, the poor man was 28 years old. He had kind of a heart defect. Yeah. And just happened to drop dead, you know, with about a minute left to play. They dragged him off, went back, finished the game. Yeah. Bears won. Like, yeah. And the next morning in the Detroit Free Press, you know, it, player dies, you know, during Lions game. Yeah. There's a big picture of him, and there's a bear and a lion standing around like, well, what do we do? And about five yards away, there's this guy completely stretched out at the 16-yard line, DOA. Right. <laughs> they ran that picture. Right. You know, because today we sort of sanitize a lot of our news. Right. Yeah, but he was a ball boy on the sideline, on the Lions sideline. The very next week. The very next week. Well, I can't imagine what, to, what that team Lambeau. was like. Yeah. So he talks about that. So that's coming up a little bit later on. Outstanding. So we'll have that. Uh, I, I wanted to go back into the Rogers stuff. So. Uh, we talked about, you know, what he's talking about, some of the things he said. Now, um, when he says, you know, I feel like I can, I, I feel like I can win. I feel like I can be an MVP. And then he says, he goes through the, the list of guys. Cobb, Bakhtiari, wants to, you know, retire with uh, Mercedes Lewis. Talks about, you know, um, you know, Alan Lazard and Tanyan and these guys. Says I can win with them. Okay, well, first of all, my question is, you know, he had, you didn't. You didn't win with them. Yeah. And feeling that good, and, you know, it's not clearly a, my, a matter of could he or could he not play because he's like, oh, I can play. I'm, I'm good, you know. So, my, my, and I believe he's coming back. So, I, I think, you know, for all the speculation, I've already said on the record last week, I said he's coming back. I'm, uh, you know, not worried about that. But for everything that's going on, why do you feel there's the necessity? Because a lot of us, a lot of people blame us. Watch well, the media. They're asking questions. Well, this was on his friend's radio show doing his segment, basically unabated, to where he just brings all this stuff up. So this wasn't like it was us asking questions. Why do all this? Why throw all of this out there and 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 talk about it's not the money, but then again, he wanted to be the highest paid. Last year, remember, it's a three-year contract for 150. No, it isn't. He was very adamant that it wasn't, and it, yes, it is. And well, the same guy who's uh, a great chess player on a football field, you know, and and can remember plays from 10 years ago and all the great things that help him as a quarterback and as a competitor, is also a very complicated guy off the field, and he, you know, he's got. He's a tremendous thinker. He has spent the last five years, as he kind of put it the other day. I asked him a question about this a couple of years ago about, you know, I, I mean, I just just before he started talking about his book of the month or book of the week club and yeah. all that stuff, I asked him about mental preparation. He looked at me like I'd really hit a, a hot spot with him. Yeah. And I think between the girlfriends, you know, between Danica and Olivia Munn and those kinds of things and between heartbreaking losses, I think he had to figure out some stuff. I won't be surprised if 10 years from now there's an Aaron Rodgers autobiography and he's going to say, you know what, I was kind of battling depression there in the offseason. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe all the ripping that I was taking on the TV and it was getting to me and I needed to figure out how to overcome that. As great as an athlete is and technician and everything, I'm, I'm, I would not be surprised if someday Aaron Rodgers talks about he had to figure out a way on how to detach himself from that. But why? And, 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 you know, which sounds very arrogant mm -hmm. at times, but I can understand because when you're with these players, you can, they'll say, yeah, it's not like I did this or did that. You know, someone will claim that they're seeing somebody or that, uh, that they, they didn't show up for an appearance yeah. and everything. And it's like, you know, and they're, they, they just want to clarify that. And you're kind of like, 
Yeah, I, I saw something about that. I didn't think it was very serious. I don't think the average fans care about it. Do you? It bothers them. Yeah. There's these little things that get on social media that aren't true that drive them nuts. Right. And off camera, off microphone, they, they're the ones to bring it up. And you're like, okay, yeah, I think I saw something about that, but I didn't, I didn't right. think it I didn't was pay true. Attention to it, yeah. You know, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And so imagine if you're, if you're Rodgers, there's a hundred of those things out there. And I think he spends more time. They, they always say, oh, yeah, we, we're shutting out the noise, all that. No, they That's what the, this is what the, the team, full-time team psychologist is telling these guys. Right. Trying to get them mentally to separate and right. say, you know, you just, you, you're confident that you know how to throw a football and you know how to, your footwork and you understand the plays and you read it, right? Okay, then don't let that stuff bother you. This is why they spend time with a team psychologist in the offseason or even during the season to block that stuff out. I listened to on Good Morning Football, Get Up. I was watching some of the NFL Live and I was watching NFL Network after the McAfee stuff aired yesterday. And uh, and and you, you, they got Hall of Famers everywhere. All these guys that are analysts and everything that are former players. They're they're all they've all been in a locker room at one point or another. And even like Herm Edwards said, look, the guy's one of the greatest to ever play the game. But when you say things like that and you are on that high uh, of a stature, it's going to get analyzed. And because somebody had said, well, to Herm, well, what do you tell him? Shut up. Shut, you know, talk about what you're going to do. Talk about going out and running on a beach. And when Herm it. was on ESPN five years ago, before yeah. he got back into coaching, there was also another couple of clips that Aaron Rodgers said in May, and he just drilled them on NFL Live. Yeah, just drilled them. Yeah, because it was, you know, it was a little snippet, a little quote, and Herm, who doesn't really know Rodgers, kind of blew it up, and he probably had a point. Yeah. But that really got to Rodgers to the point where he he didn't talk to those guys for almost a year. Yeah. Except I'll talk to Kenny Maine because I like Kenny and I can trust him. But he pretty much shut down the four-letter network yeah. over that. If we got time, if there's one clip I'd like to play, and Ben, if you're available for that, it's the cut one to Brian Gutekunst. And I thought that this was an interesting moment because, you know, I was asking him about, you know, with 2020 hindsight, a five-game losing streak, maybe one of those games, don't you just say, look, let's rest Rodgers, let that fractured thumb heal up, because they knew about it all, yep. all along, and let's see what Love can do, or bring him in in the second half. Uh, and, and the other thing was, you know, listen, Aaron Rodgers has got this rep now, whether you're Herm Edwards or anybody else. Like, how can you have these good teams and win, have 13 wins and keep losing to probably lesser teams like the Buccaneers or the 49ers at right. home. And why do you keep, why does this guy keep on losing the big games? They're all big games for us, but certainly, you know, those, the season enders are, you know, so magnified. Um, as a team, we've struggled to figure out a way to play really well in these final games, you know. We're continuing to look at that. Um, it's very important to us. Um, but, you know, whenever you don't finish the Super Bowl off of the win, you're going to look back and, and feel and look at why you didn't play better in those games. During that stretch in October, how much consideration did you give to playing Jordan than quarterback with a fractured thumb missing practice? Yeah, I mean, I think as long as we're in it, you know, we were going to play the guy that gave us the best chance to win those games. You know, I talked here at the bye week. I think we might have been four and eight at the time. Um, it, it certainly wasn't looking good, but I did feel that if the guys could come together and just get something started, that we'd have a chance to get back in this. It wasn't in our control at that time. You know, we just 
you've seen teams quit before in those situations, and our guys never did. They kept coming to work. Um, they didn't blink. It just didn't happen. But um, no, I think as long as you know, as long as we have an opportunity to keep winning games and keep moving forward and get in the playoffs, we're always going to make the decision to, to to go out and win the game. So what he just did there, what yeah. he just did there, is he said. Unlike uh, the commanders. Now, I'm not going to compare Carson Wentz to Aaron Rodgers. Right. But Carson Wentz has a busted hand. So they got to get somebody else out there. Well, we'll put Taylor Heineke out there. But if it's Aaron Rodgers and he says, no, I'm, I'm going to play. Right. Uh, you know, he's like you Mr. Go. Favre. Oh, he's going to play. And for the next five weeks, you're going to go 0-5. And, and your passing game's not going to look as good as it should because you got a quarterback out there with a damn fractured thumb. Right. And it's like, well, couldn't you put at least Jordan Love out there and try this? No, no, no. We st- and he. This was not. I was not asking from the, that thing where people are saying, "Well, if they're mathematically eliminated, then they got to put Jordan Love in there to figure out right. what they want." Right? No, he's saying, "No, we don't think Jordan could win the games." Right. We think our best chance. We'll take Aaron Rodgers with a broken thumb over our first round draft pick. But even when I heard the question, I thought when you asked the question, it was, "Hey, when you knew the thumb was broke, why don't you give Aaron just a couple of weeks off?" To let Jordan play. That's right. And he completely kind of pushed that oh, to the yeah. side. He didn't want anything to do no, with that. No, 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 no. Didn't want anything to do with that question. We don't want to do anything to, to get Aaron Rodgers no, upset. No. And frankly, you know, the kid can sit on the bench, and if he's if he's disgruntled, then maybe we'll trade his. Yeah, so, so be it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. we got a lot more to get to. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. We'll talk about the end of the Packers season. What's next? Obviously, stay tuned. we got a whole lot more. Uh, the Bill Michael Shuttle is brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. We're live at the Root River Center. That's where you can find us. We're down here in Franklin, Wisconsin, uh, between the bowling alley and the River Center and the and the banquet halls and all the different stuff they it's have. It's a fun in here. place. There's Great something place. for everybody here. Yeah, you can hear it's a fun place. Yeah, there's some guys. <laughs> yeah, there's some guys throwing uh, bags. You know, the yeah. next door down there. There so, you go. Cornhole, so. Good stuff. We got more coming up after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back to the program. Good evening and welcome in. It's the uh, the Bill Michael Shuttle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They're the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We're glad to have you. And uh, down here at the Root River Center, we're in Franklin, Wisconsin, which is where you can find us. And uh, Mike Clemens alongside. I'm Bill Michaels. Um, you know, Mike, we were sitting here talking about uh, a lot about Rodgers, but there are some guys on this team that uh, their careers could be coming to an end. Uh, there's Randall Cobb. There's, you know, big dog, uh, you know, Mercedes Lewis, and but one of the guys that nobody's really talking about is Mason Crosby, who had a really good year. It was just um, he, you know, kickoffs wise, uh, there weren't as many touchbacks as you would like. But as far as um, you know, the kicking game goes, he had a solid season. He, he didn't have a bad year at all. You know what I mean? And I guess it'll be three years now. This spring, I was uh, sitting at a table at the atrium. Uh, with about a thousand people, <clears throat> and uh, also at the table was Leroy Butler, Gary Ellerson, Jordy Nelson had come in. Uh, next, one other player, and right next to me was Mason Crosby and his wife Molly. Uh huh. And so the players were there, and they were kind of up there to see people from the community. 
You know, they were the majority have been retired, obviously, right. a couple of years. And people also wanted to talk to Mason. And there are all these other people that paid, you know, $100 a plate. They wanted to meet these players and get a picture with them and all that. So Molly and I are just sitting there. And she said, um, she just volunteered. I didn't say anything. I just, you know, well, tell me about you and the kids right. and all. She goes, yeah, yeah, we're, we're starting to build a house in Texas because that's where we, you know, we want to go back home to Texas when uh, we, we retire. It's closer to family and everything. And she, she says, you know, we've already got to this going with the house. we got that going with the house. And so she basically looked at me and said, you know, if we can just get one more year. Right. If we just get one more year, and then that would be perfect, and then the, the kids will be at such and such a grades, and then we can move back down to Texas. Well, that was at Ted Thompson's Hall of Fame, Packer Hall of Fame right. induction. Right. That was three years ago. And then you talked to Mason, who had that knee surgery last spring. Because he came back from his off season and something didn't feel right after 17 years of kicking, you know, in, at the NFL level, and he made the choice to get the knee surgery then, miss uh, training camp essentially. He was there every day, right. and you know he's had some problems with kickoffs in cold weather where yeah. he was not yeah. able to get the touchbacks. To one point where they even were going to have a they had that backup kicker active. And then he screwed, Ahmed up, Ruiz his, and then he, er, screwed up his groin and warm groin muscle. Yeah, that was against. Was it against the Lions or the week prior? Yeah, the week prior. I guess I think of the Vikings game. Yeah, and you know the point is, you 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 know, you take for granted what Mason Crosby does, being out there 255, 256, two five numbers and consistency and being ready right. on game day. And then the one guy who's going after your job pulls a groin and warm ups. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and that which that makes a general manager think, right. too. Uh, so, Mason, uh, to me, I was surprised. Um, I think it was post game after the, they lost the last game to the Lions. He said, "No, I want to come back. I want to come back. I feel good. Yeah. I think I had a pretty good year." And he loves finally what he's got around him. Yeah, Pat O'Donnell, the punter, is his placeholder. And one night I went to a, a show like this where Pat was doing up in Green Bay. And, you know, he talks about, okay, well, yeah, Jack is trying to get the Jack Coco, this 22, 23-year-old long snapper they got. He tries to get the ball back to me in 1.2 or so. Right. And he says, and he said, before the kick, I look at Mason, and he gives me a little signal. And it's like I'm, I'm, le- I'm thinking left, I'm a little right. I'm thinking straight down. But... That means that when he catches the ball, he pulls it back. He's got a little bit of a tip on it, and he pushes the laces to the left, to straight out, or right. to the right. That's how fast he does it. But it's like, oh, my God. I mean, I've been doing this 18 years. I never heard a placeholder talking about, and I'm adjusting to where the laces are. Right. I mean, Mason Crosby loves this guy, loves this guy, mm-hmm. and he loves Rich Bisaccia. Because Bisaccia is all over those guys on the cover units. Right. And training them and bringing them along. Like, you know, Tariq Carpenter, uh, the seventh-round pick, I think, out of Georgia Tech. He was just so-so, uh, or actually made a lot of mistakes in the preseason games and in uh, September or so. By the, end of, uh, by the end of the season, by December, he was a pretty good gunner, coming yeah. up with big plays. Ennis Gaines, another guy that they brought back on the practice squad, and made him active, and he thud or thump, mm-hmm. like they call him. Right. So, so Crosby loves what he's got, and he wants to come back to that special teams unit 
and he still thinks he's got a leg. Now, Gudikins was asked, man, you've had a lot of kickers coming in for workouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's worked out maybe seven or eight in the last year yeah. when they do those Tuesday workouts, and they've kept a couple on the practice squad. And he said, you know, now that we can be up to, I think it's 14 on the practice squad, I got room where I can keep a kicker. Right. And he said, you know, during the COVID period, when any Saturday or, God forbid, Sunday, you wake up and you find out your kicker or your punter, you know, tested positive for COVID, now you're really in a jam. Yeah. So at least you've got a guy in the building uh, with the team, and you can promote him game day to, to kick yeah. for you in the game. And so, so now he just says, why don't I have that all the time? You know, you got to have a kicker. you got to have a, you know, a number yeah. three quarterback. And so that's the way he's approached it. Do you think they bring Mason back? Well, right now, you know, I think maybe the biggest factor is Aaron Rodgers wanting Mason to come back. I think I, I think that they think, hey, you know, what the hell? We don't think Mason Crosby's going to cost us a trip to the Super Bowl. No. He's, he's, still, he's about know, a 50-yard kicker. Well, he got a 56-yarder in the cold at Lambeau, which I believe was a franchise record. Right. So I think he may have kicked himself into 2023 with that field goal, quite frankly. The, it was the... I think it was the 50, it was in the Lions game that hit the crossbar, and it bounced out. That's the one that rolled out. Yeah, yeah, one bounced out. The, yeah. the one against the Vikings rolled through, and rolled the one through. against the Lions rolled out. And Maybe it was the Vikings game. Yeah, and, and that that made it. I just was kind of wondering, you know, in the grand scheme of things, when you start to look, because anything beyond 50, he was not, he was over going into that Vikings game and then made that. And then after that, so I, but it, you know, it pays if you ha- can get to the 35 and and not have to worry about it. Well, but. I remember a night in, it was 05 or 06, and we were working at the stadium late in the media area, and a guy cracked open the door and he said, did you just hear about Ryan Longwell? And I think maybe I just had, but this other media member was so shocked. It's like, is this, is this for real? Ted Thompson is moving on from Ryan Longwell? Right. Who then, of course, yeah, he wasn't going to pay him the, what he was asking for in free agency. I'm not spending that much for a kicker. It's a kicker. Right. And so then Ted went through two or three more before finally in 07, he was a six-round pick on this kid from Texas in Mason Crosby. But, you know, Ryan Longo went and, and kicked some field goals in the Dome for the Vikings for a couple of years and got two or three more years out of his career. Yeah. So, um, you know, those kinds of experiences, you think about – Goodikin's saying, I got five guys that can kick the ball 75, 80 yards. Okay? I've got them. Now we just need to know, can they be consistent? Can they do it in a game situation? Can they not blow out their groin during (laughs) warm-ups? Right. You know, and that's the decision he's got to make. So it's probably, I'd say it's probably, you know, a 50-50 decision right now. Mason Crosby ended up at about 18th in the league uh, in percentage. Um, 86.2%. Uh, he was 10 for 10 from 20 to 29. 8 for 8 from 30 to 39. 6 of 7 from 40 to 49. And he was 1 for 4 beyond 50. Had the horrible game when McCarthy was still coach where he missed 5, you know, in Detroit. Yeah. In the Dome. Right. And it's like, what? what is going on? What happened? And he'll say to this day, uh, straight out, I want to thank Mike McCarthy for... And Ted for not getting rid of me on Tuesday. Yeah. Just saying, oh, this guy's toast. It's time to move on. Uh, And maybe McCarthy's going through that same situation 
with Brett Maher. Oh, phew, boy. Yeah. Missing four, I, not one, not two, not three. That's something to think about because if they let Mason Crosby walk, Mason's going to move back to Dallas. He's going to be in the playoffs. Uh, he may find himself playing for Mike McCarthy for another year or two while they try to find somebody. Uh, we're broadcasting live out here at the Root River Center. We're in Franklin, Wisconsin. If you want to find us, we are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Stay tuned. More of Mike Clemens and yours truly coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. program good to have you we are broadcasting live we're at the Rue river center mike clemens is alongside i'm bill michaels we are brought to you by our friends at bud light the official beer sponsor of the bill michaels sports talk network and uh, of our uh, huddle broadcasts uh, glad to have you on board tonight so we were talking about mason crosby and uh, you know obviously i'd said uh, kind of wink and a nod that if uh, if by chance they don't bring him back uh, they need a kicker in dallas that's a dome uh, down there. I mean, obviously, he'd be playing outside in the NFC. He'd be home NFC. in Texas. He'd be home in Texas, though. Yeah. He might end up with McCarthy before it's all said and done if they decide not to bring him back. Well, that would be if Aaron Rodgers left. Now, did you see this story? Nathaniel Hackett, your offensive coordinator under LaFleur, first three years in Green Bay, goes to the Broncos, just has an epic crash and burn with the Broncos. Right. He's now talking to Robert Sala. LaFleur's best friend, best man, about the offensive coordinator job with the New York Jets. Because Mike LaFleur. So Mike LaFleur, his brother, got fired. Right. He, he bit the bullet for you know, the rotation of the quarterbacks between Flacco and Mike Smith, you know. Right. So if Nathaniel Hackett is the new offensive coordinator of the New York Jets, would Aaron, would the Packers oh trade Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets? Like they did far. It's an AFC him, team. To get him into the AFC. Yeah. And go ahead. Yeah. Go be, help out my buddy Robert, yes. you know. And if you think, yeah, I mean, isn't that, that's just too weird. It, it would be very bizarre. You know, then there's a the talk about uh, sending him out to, or out to uh, Las Vegas, the team back up with Devontae. Uh, and again, why I, would anybody not take into account the last 20 years in Las Vegas? And the craziness that of is Mark the Davis. Yeah. Why, why, I mean, it's it's just it's a crazy organization. Yeah. Crazy. And I don't think you really want to go play for Josh McDaniels, who has proven that he doesn't have success. Not a head coach. As a head coach, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I can't imagine that. There, there's some talk of other teams and such, but I, I still think that, you know, if I had to bet my house – not that I would, but if I had to, I'd say he's back in Green Bay. All of this subsides, um, and then the world. I gets, give Josh gets McDaniels back. this though. Nobody's talking about Derek Carr. No quarterback country no. team is begging to, you know, hey, how, how can we get Derek Carr to come? Right. Which is interesting. Yeah. Because I, I, I felt you know I always felt him and Dak Prescott saw him in preseason said, hey, who's this guy? Right. So, I find that interesting that he's not getting. Any chirp right now. When we come back after the top of the hour, uh, Kevin Harlan joined me a little bit earlier today. You're going to hear that. 
So stick around for that. Mike and I here at the uh, the Root River Center here in Franklin. We're also going to talk about the rest of the NFL and the playoffs is uh, the divisional round weekend, which is really the most exciting weekend, I think, of the postseason. All gets underway. At least it, it normally should be. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and make some picks coming up here. Um, the, the rest of the guys he reeled off, um, talking about Mercedes Lewis, talked about Alan Lazard, talked about Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb he and him walked off arm in arm off of that field. And that's Look, also because Randall... Uh, you know, off Mike had kind of mentioned in December, maybe this was it for him. Not that he thought they weren't going to bring him back, just that he thought maybe this should be it for me. Yeah. You know, so um, and so and then that it's just sort of that's just sort of a known thing. Right. That Randall's on the fence. Uh, and if, if, if he decides to retire, that's OK. But, you know, Rogers has this loyalty to him because it's a close friend. Of his. Right. Do you think he comes back? I thought Cobb played pretty well. When he was available, yeah, I thought again, he played pretty but he well. he missed five, six weeks right? again. I agree. I agree. But, like, Puxatawney Phil, he's going to get hurt. I, you hey, know that. Listen, all these guys, that I, – I told you this story about uh, – well, maybe we'll save it for the next segment. Um, I, you know, if Rodgers if Rogers can get him cleared to come in, yeah, those, those guys would love to get a ring together. Right. No question about it. The next thing is – Rogers just likes to have these guys around as friends. Right. He just wants to. He wants to go through another year of this, to, because he relies on these people as friends, as players he can right. count on, but as friends. So he's, you know, but it's like, well, then make him the receivers coach for crying out loud. Right. Make Mercedes Lewis your tight end coach. Yeah. You know. You but, need a tight end. Yeah, get you know, a twenty-five-year-old there on the field. One hour now, one hour yet to go. Coming up, you're going to hear Kevin Harland. Uh, and Kevin was fantastic earlier today. We talked to him a little bit uh, earlier from uh, Westwood One, CBS. Obviously, we know him as the television play-by-play guy for the Green Bay Packers in the preseason. But uh, Kevin has uh, such depth, insight, and wisdom. We're going to hear from Kevin when we come back. Stay tuned. One hour down, one hour yet to go. We are brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be back. Bill Michael Suttle coming up after this. For some football, he talks green and gold. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels. Welcome back. Good to have you. We are uh, enjoying ourselves. Uh, Mike Clements and I, we are at the Root River Center. We're here in Franklin, Wisconsin, which is where you can uh, come down and find us if you choose to do so. Here in uh, the uh, east side of Wisconsin, actually, uh, not far from Racine and obviously not far from Milwaukee, about halfway in between. Mike Clemens alongside. So you didn't get a chance to hear this. No, uh, from earlier to today. So uh, earlier today, we had a chance to catch up with Kevin Harlan. Now, we I've been trying to what happened was when we left the old place. Uh, I left my Rolodex and one of the guys in my phone was Kevin Harlan. And I I. For whatever reason, I didn't get his number back, so now you got to go through PR people. Used to be I could just text him at home. Right. And there's Kevin in his underwear answering me back. Right. So, uh, but Kevin, uh, he, uh, he ended up getting back in touch with us and said, absolutely, he'd come on the program. So we finally got a chance to catch up with Kevin Harlan and uh, just started out chatting a little bit about just, uh, you know, first and foremost, glad to get him back on the program. And he did mention that uh, he listens to the program every day. Here's Kevin Harlan. Bill, I'm great. Good to hear your voice. Of course, I listen to it all the time anyway when we're up there and spending about half the year up in Wisconsin. But uh, great to hear from you and wonderful to be on. Thank you for the invitation. 
No, my pleasure, and so glad you're here. So let's, you know, start off with uh, obviously what's close to home, and that is the Green Bay Packers. And the season did not end the way we wanted it to. We certainly wish we were playing last weekend. So give me your thoughts just on uh, the season itself and what you saw going all the way back to camp until the way the season culminated. Well, um, I mean, clearly yourself and the other great reporters that cover that team have, have delved into this in every possible angle. And from a distance, it just appeared that um, you lose a playmaker like Adams, and it just he tilted the, the field so much toward him and that your second option, whoever it might be out of the backfield or otherwise, um, you know, was was this year propelled to be your number one guy, and and I, I don't know. I mean, it just you, you lose someone like that, you just can't replace them. And and the Sammy Watkins thing, you could just sense that with the injuries, and even though he was a veteran, it was not going to come close to filling it up. Listen, Kansas City lost Tyreek Hill, but they had gone out and signed Juju Smith-Schuster. They had gone out and signed a name receiver. They had gone out and, and tried to fill. But I think Mahomes would be the first to tell you in Kansas City, as other quarterbacks would tell you when you lose a weapon that, that incredible, that it takes a while for everyone to move over a seat. And now if you're two, you're number one. If you're number three, you're number two and on and on. And then with the Packers, you mix in a couple rookies who you're hoping, you know, have some kind of wherewithal and pick it up quickly and, you know, maybe catch on the, the Justin Jefferson feel as a rookie and, and, and uh, Jamar Chase at Cincinnati, and it just wasn't there until later in the season when, you know, when, when you know, they begin to show a little bit more. Watson begins to, to put his imprint. But the trust that, that Aaron has with his receivers and putting everybody on the same page uh, becomes a pretty dominant point with that offense. And if it's not going, it the, the trickle-down effect, I think, is disruptive to your team. So even though it was one guy at one position, and and but it was a, it was a pretty important guy. And with that, you find that it goes to other layers and kind of drifts throughout your team. So it's it's unfortunate what they went through, and you just hate to have a year with a Hall of Fame quarterback that goes unrewarded and you don't check that box. Yep, we did everything we could, and here we are. But the cap says you can't go out and spend a bunch. There was not a deal out there that appealed to the front office. They thought they could develop these kids perhaps quicker than they did, and they did develop, but just maybe not as quick and as successfully as as they wanted. And the quarterback is frustrated and then you try to finish strong, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's hard to continue digging out of that hole, and, and that's kind of where they found themselves. Now you enter an offseason where you probably don't have a great deal of clarity who the quarterback's going to be. I'm hoping he comes back. I think there's still enough there. I'd like to think they'll either draft or get somebody that will, again, aid that position. Because I think when he's happy and that part of the offense is working, it affects the whole team. And I thought that was the major problem this season. 
Um, I, I, I'm going to ask you one more Packers-related question, and then I'll move on to the rest of the NFL because I've got a, a lot of things on my mind. But uh, I, I wanted to ask you, for a guy that grew up around this organization, you listen to it, you eat it, you breathe it like every Wisconsinite does. Is the organization just, did they just kind of back themselves into a really tough situation with all of this and all of this drama? And just because of the timeliness of Jordan Love, are we just, do we go back to that and just go, this whole thing just kind of blew up all because of that? You've got to have one eye on what you've got and make sure that you're doing everything to help him be as good as he can be. And then your other eye is on, you know, who's going to take his place because we're clearly on the clock. And the window's closing, and what are we going to be left with? Uh, we've taken a number one, and we've put it in this backup, and is he showing enough that we feel confident, like we did when Aaron replaced Brett, that that is the answer? And to me, for Rodgers to follow Favre is like almost a one-in-a-lifetime make. You know what I mean? Like, like, like mm-hmm, right. who, who could have thought? He would sit that long and then flourish as he has. And you'd have two back-to-back Hall of Fame. That just doesn't happen. It just doesn't. So to expect that to be a third time with Jordan coming in and replacing Rodgers becomes like, oh, man, we're, we are really we're, – we're hoping against hope almost that it's going to happen for a third time. I don't think anyone's putting that kind of pressure on him. But when the story is written and that's what you're following, you know, that expectation is pretty high. And you've got to make sure you cover your bases. I, I think they have the, the, the contract of Aaron clearly. But listen, every team with a big quarterback is facing the same thing. Every team with a $50 million, $40 million, $39 million quarterback has got the same cap implications that the Packers are dealing with right now. And that's that's kind of the rub, isn't it? Like like how like Baltimore's going through this right now with, with Lamar Jackson. Do we pay him that kind of money when he's been injured two consecutive years? You know, he, he makes a mm-hmm. difference, but do we know he's gonna become that guy? And 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 that's what they're going through right now. So I I, I don't know. You know, this is a complicated thing with, with him. And and not that he's necessarily making it that way, because I think he's as good as he's been. It's just that you just don't have a lot of resource to put around him, and and they got caught a little bit. I mean, you just didn't have a receiver that really mm-hmm. – you could see the way secondaries and defense, the back end was playing that offense. They, they, they did not have any fear about what they're going out there. With Adams, because he is who he is, you know, he, he changes that game just dramatically and then opens it up for other guys, and that's – and that's what they didn't have, and they were a little bit revealed, and it just it, it just happens. They, it, 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 it just became what it became. But I, I don't know that, that they're, they're in a corner. I, I think the philosophy is there. I think I trust the process, and you're just in a unique situation with saying goodbye to one and hello to another, and how do you make that work? They went through it before. It was a little bit messy with Brett when he left. They got something in return. He was gone. Aaron had a wide-open landscape to go on. And, and we've seen what he's done over these last 14, whatever it's been, years and, and as a starter, and, and that's been great. But can it happen again? And, and boy, I don't know, boy, right? I mean, that's I mean, you know him, mm-hmm. Bill. I mean, my gosh, I, right. I don't know if we've seen enough to know that he's the guy. I think with Aaron, I think they knew, I think they knew that, yeah, he's fine. And when they went to Brett in, in March of that year that was supposedly his last year and he came in for the, 
for the retirement announcement, I think they felt like, uh, you know, we may be pushing this a little bit ourselves, but but it's the right thing to do because the kid is ready. Rogers, I don't mm-hmm. know that they're in that same frame of mind right now. Ted was there. It was a different regime. I don't know that it's the same now. I think they feel like, yeah, Rogers has a lot left, you know, you know, like, like, but, it, and we don't know if the kid is ready. I, I think that's kind of where they stand. And I think that's a tough place to be. I listen to you guys do the games and, and, you know, marvel at the terrific plays and obviously the teams that are still in the postseason, but the average age of the quarterback right now is 25.4 years old I know it. it's playing amazing. in the postseason. It's, it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. So, uh, with everything that's transpired, and obviously Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy, uh, you know, it, it, what an incredible postseason to be a part of to watch the young guns kind of take over a little bit. We might see right now with Brady going down, are we looking at the changing of the guard? I don't know if it's going to be as good as the guard that just left with the Rodgers and the Bradys and the Roethlisbergers and before that Manning. And, you know, and you know some of the uh, Philip Rivers, like some of these historically good quarterbacks, Will this group fill in? I guess they will. I think we all adjust our, our our line of sight and our minds and our frame of reference with what we're looking at right now. Mahomes is generational. Allen, I think, is on that track. Um, you know, Russell Wilson probably is now entered a, a twilight zone because we thought he was, and and clearly there are some things there that that maybe say uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And uh, and then you go down the line. Um, there'll always be quarterbacks that emerge. There, there always will be. I think Burrow is in that. I think he is in that, you know, 4,000 again for him. He's probably in that conversation. I don't think Daniel Jones is. Cousins is probably lost in purgatory that way. We don't really know where he goes. Prescott and, and Cousins basically have the same numbers. Dak is never criticized. Cousins is constantly criticized. I mean, like we're kind of in that weird transitional time but did we feel this way when Rivers and Manning and Roethlisberger left that, and, and Brady is soon to go and Aaron is within a couple years? We clearly know that. Like, like, were we feeling like this was the next generation when all of them were 10 years younger? I think we did with Brady because he was winning. I think we thought that with Rodgers because he had just come off the, the Super Bowl win over Pittsburgh in, in, in Texas. So, like, like I, I, I think we've got it. I, I think there, there's a next generation that will emerge and, and, and uh, you know, Tua may become a casualty because of health, and he may not realize what we thought we saw at the beginning of the season and be able to continue it because of some issues. I think we're all hoping that he does. But it, it's uh, the oldest starting quarterback in the AFC of these remaining teams is, is, is Mahomes, and he's 25. So you get Trevor Lawrence, and he's just a couple years in the league, and, boy, he's, his, his quarterback rating over the last two months was the best in the NFL. He was, he was the best quarterback in the league over November and December when they were winning five games to get to where they are right now, the divisional round. So it's, it's, um, it, always, it always works its way around. The Purdy story came out of the blue. I don't think anybody saw it. And, and he's got a coach that's put him in a position, as Dable has done with Jones in New York. They've put those quarterbacks in a position not to do things that they know they cannot do. And they run Jones, and it, it's the intermittent intermediate passing it's a couple of long balls but it's a trusted offense and he's so it just shows in his body language in new york with dable and i think the same shanahan has done with purdy in san francisco they put him in an offense that that is workable for them like it it matches where their football 
development is at this stage. It may increase. It may, you know, continue to compound. But right now, it's like at a perfect level. And, and, I, and I think that's the genius of these coaches. With Matt and, and Aaron, like it's an, it's an unlimited ceiling. Like just let's like – and I think with Reed and Mahomes in Kansas City, it's unlimited. Like just you're only limited by the size of your imagination. And, and so you've you got quarterbacks at different stages with coaches that feel more comfortable doing this and doing that. I think across the board, any of those systems will work. And it just happens to be who turns it over less, who commits the fewest mistakes – and who can kind of stay the course and play within what they do. And I think that's kind of the, that, the resounding theme of the teams that remain uh, in this divisional round of the playoffs. Hey, real quick, before I let you go, Kevin, uh, I want to take you back Monday night, uh, January 2nd, uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati at Paycor Stadium in the Queen City, and Mar Hamlin goes down, something like we have never witnessed before. Seeing that there... Uh, give me your thoughts uh, on all of that and what not only uh, you were witnessing like the rest of the world, but also what the NFL itself went through. Well, first of all, I, the league, I think, needs to be commended for just how prepared they are for those instances. And we all know that 60 to 90 minutes before every game in every stadium, every week of the NFL season, there is a group of, of trauma doctors, EMTs, paramedics on on staff at those stadiums ready to act with whatever may happen now usually we see what happened the guy goes down it's a knee it's 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 maybe a, it's a, he's been concussed we really don't know and so initially you thought that but in, as you later find out as quickly as those athletic trainers got out there and began to perform you know pumping the chest getting the aed equipment uh the defibrillators uh, putting the mask on so that the brain would not lose oxygen, getting the IV in, like all these things, those four steps, but within about 10 seconds of that assistant athletic trainer for the Bills getting out there, the kid's unresponsive and there's no pulse, he began to pump. And because he began to commit to do CPR on that kid, he saved his life because he was dead. And those those people and what they – it didn't matter if he was in the Cleveland Clinic at Mayo, at Freighter, he, he was – he was getting the best care possible at that time. All these athletic trainers are trained in all these arts of CPR, heart start, you know, all this stuff. Like they're almost doctors themselves. Um, in fact, in, in a lot of ways, th- th- they are equal to that. And then you've got all the, the medical people on each side, and they converge, and they came up with and in literally split-second timing that saved that kid's life. And now he's out of the hospital. He's back home. He's visiting his team. And, and, and who knows what the prognosis is. We've not been allowed to look into that chapter, but it, it's, it's stunning. But at the time, no, you don't know. And you, and, but when, the, when, when they back up the ambulance, you're thinking, all right, neck, it's spine. It, 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 it's, we did not even think about that until we're about 10 minutes in, and they say yep, CPR has been performed like, holy cow, like this is something different. So you report mm-hmm. what you see, but, but you do it with a, with a, a, a tenor to your voice, um, of of reverence for the for the situation, respect for the situation, and you report what you see. But it was it was different for sure. It was a it was a once in a lifetime event for a reporter covering it, and uh, and hopefully we don't see it again for another fifty one years because the last time it happened was at Tiger Stadium in nineteen seventy one. And by the way, the Lions after that game when Hughes died on the field in nineteen seventy one, their next game was at Green Bay, and I think it was a Monday night game. 
at Lambeau Field. And I remember being on the sideline as a ball boy, and just it was a, it was a weird because we all knew the Chuck Hughes had died the week before. It was a weird, it was a weird feeling. It was different, and it was fifty what fifty fifty one years ago. So mm-hmm. it shows you how long it's been since something this traumatic has happened. And I thought the NFL handled it brilliantly as as they usually do, and they've prepared for these things, and it showed. Kevin, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I look forward to seeing you. Maybe we get a chance to get together at some point out in uh, Arizona when we head out for Super Bowl and everybody convenes. Let's do it. The best two teams are there. Buddy, it's always great to talk to you. Best of luck to you, and then we'll talk to you when we get to Arizona, okay? Thank you so much, Bill. Take care. Love your show. I listen. I'm I'm a regular listener. Never call, but I always listen. And enjoy your great work and professionalism. But thanks, <laughs> thanks for being on. It was it was a lot of fun. There you go. The great Kevin Harlan would join me a little bit earlier today and, and talked about a pack, the Packers, uh, these quarterbacks, and obviously wax nostalgic about uh, what happened 51 years ago. Mike Clements is alongside. I'm you know, Bill Michaels. Yeah, go ahead. The thing about that is that guy's a sportscaster. He's a play-by-play announcer. Right. Right. That turned into a news story. Yeah. It turned into a yeah. news story. And I don't know, to, just to explain that, you know, you've done all this prep for a game, and now, you know, it complete, it was, it's sort of like if you went to college and you thought you were going into a gym class, and it said, no, today we're going to do biology. Did you study? Right. You know? Yeah. Hey, you know, you're going to have to think about what you've learned in your years of experience to change it. And there's a guy named Mike McVeigh, and I know Mike. He's been a radio consultant, a GM, an owner, 45 years in the business. He wrote this column because he said, when I saw on Twitter this happened, I turned on Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner because I wanted to hear how they were calling it. He goes, yeah. they didn't disappoint. They knew exactly how to call it. It was reminiscent of Al Michaels yeah. having to change from uh, sports play-by-play guy of the, the World, World Series, Series in yeah. San Francisco to news anchor yeah. until ABC could get their people to Talking about uh, the earthquake yeah. uh, right before the World Series. Yeah, absolutely. We've all been there. We've all done that. When, when major – I mean, I remember – I, not to go too deep into this, but I remember when, um, you know, I woke, woke up in the morning. It was a regular day, and suddenly the, you know, the, the planes are going into the World Trade Center. And it's all hands on deck, and everybody's gathering information. It's, you know, you draw upon what you know. You, you know? mean you didn't go out and talk about brewer trades that night? Not that night. No, we did not. Not, <laughs> not a one. No. It was uh, – and then obviously it, it, poured, it came back full circle when Chris Gizzy came running out on that Monday night. Holding the flag. The, holding the flag. And all of America came together with, you know, obviously the World Series and the Yankees and what was going on there. In, now the strength and conditioning coach yeah. for your Green Bay Packers. Yep. So the, a yeah. lot, how it comes full circle. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Going to come back. Uh, we've got a lot more to get to. Plus, we're going to take a look at the rest of the weekend. We're talking the divisional round coming up. We're broadcasting live. We're out here at the Root River Center. If you want to stop in and say hi, you can. We're in Franklin, Wisconsin. Come on by. we got more brought to you by Bud Light coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Wisconsin, which is where you can find us. And if you want to still swing on by, they have some Bud Light specials going on. 
in addition to that, they have bowling. They have a game center around here. They've got a, a banquet hall next door, which has got bags in it. they got all kinds of stuff happening over here. Mike Clemens alongside. I'm Bill Michaels. So we heard from Kevin Harlan. We've uh, talked about the Packers ad nauseum almost. Uh, and I, I guess the next question is, you know, um, no coaches have been let go it, as of right now. That we know of. That we know of. It looks like they're going to kind of run it back. Mike uh, or Matt LaFleur talked about continuity and such. Uh, Goody, at his presser, seemed to distance himself from it a little bit, said, I went to Mark, and we talked about this and this and this, you know, and kind of like, you know, uh, I've got good players here. I think the players on the field are pretty good. So we're going to let the coaches coach him up and see what happens. Um, well, the only story that I've seen is a guy who covers the Denver Broncos for KOA, their flagship in Denver, he put out a message over the weekend that he had an NFL source that claimed that Jerry Gray, OG as the players yeah. come, the secondary coach for the Packers defense, was going to meet with Arthur Smith tomorrow in Atlanta about the defensive coordinator job for the Atlanta Falcons. I have not seen if D. Orlando Ledbetter, you know, our guy down there that yeah. used to work in Wisconsin, if he's got any more information on that, I'm checking to see if there's any more reported about that. But uh, that's, that's been floated about. Uh, don't know of any other coaches on the staff. By the way, has Jim Leonard got going anything, anything going on? Um, not that I know of. Ben, have you heard anything rumor-wise? You're, uh, you're wondering attached. if he had a, like a college gig lined up? Yeah. Or? No, nothing as of now. I've seen nothing Alabama, is. frankly, mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Nick Saban would bring him in. Yeah. So then, and if folks haven't heard this, could we – play just a couple of these clips from Aaron Rodgers and what he had to say yesterday. There was a one, a number two, there, where Aaron Rodgers was talking about, okay, what if the Packers tell you, Aaron, no, you know what, we, we want to rebuild. We want to get some more younger guys on this team, not these six veterans that you talked about. Are you still in? Listen, I don't think any team uh, outside of maybe, uh, you know, the Texans this year or some, there's a couple teams maybe who might say, yeah, we're rebuilding. You know, we finished, you know, down at the bottom of the league and we're, you know, obviously we're going to start over new, you know, these teams who have new GM or head coach and they're drafting pretty high. They might admit that they're in some sort of rebuild, but not, you know, most teams in the middle of the pack aren't going to say, hey, we're going to rebuild, you know, unless we have a crazy cap situation so uh you know no gm or presence ever going to say hey, we're, we're we're rebuilding got it um uh so that won't you know i'm sure that'll trigger somebody asking them you know are you guys rebuilding and, and the answer would be of course not you know we're, we got this and we got that and, and but it's a mindset you know if they want to go younger and, and think jordan's ready to go then they're then that might be the way they want to go and if that's the case and i still want to play then there's only one option, right? That's to play somewhere else. Um, you know, if it's not, and they, you know, like, no, no, we you know, still want you to play, and, you know, this and that, then it'd have to be, uh, you know, the right situation with the roster. It looks like we can we can win it all because there's no point in coming back if you don't think you can win it all. No point in coming back if you don't think you can win it all. What do you make of that? Yeah, I... He, he does want to go through, you know, 6 and 11 or something like that so that they can be a great team in two or three years. Right. Uh, quickly, then, just the thing I thought it was important when he said, would you be open to playing for another team or would that never happen now? 
I think you, when you say never, things happen that you say never to. So <laughs> when I came back from the combine in 2005, uh, they said, how was it? And I said, ah, man, it was so much fun, except for the 5 a.m. Uh, you know, drug test the first day and, you know, at Cybex test and then sitting at an oh. MRI machine for eight hours you know, with only a sandwich and an apple. Come on. I said, but other than that, it was pretty cool, you know. I think all the teams are great, except for Green Bay. That was a really tough interview. You know, they were just kind of grilling me. And, but it's all right. I mean, I'm never going to play there anyway. You know, they're drafting 24th. Yeah. So you be careful. Be careful saying never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't think you say never. Um, listen, I came back uh, and, and really wanted to finish my career in Green Bay. Um, in 2019, we, you know, were feeling each other out on offense and, and our defense played pretty damn good. And a lot of people said I was, uh, what did I say? Washed, uh, couldn't really play anymore. Washed, yeah. Uh, wasn't the same. And then I won two MVPs in a row with, without really doing anything different. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of the same sentiment this year. You know, I have a lot of comments about a lot of that that I'd like to keep to myself or I'll share, you know, off air just because out of respect for the whole process and just, you know, some things uh, don't need to be said. I think are more understood uh, implicitly. But do I still think I can play? Of course. Of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah. The highest. I think I can win MVP again. The right situation. Um, right situation? Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. But I don't think you should shut down any, you know, opportunity. Like I said, during the season, it's got to be, you know, both uh, both sides, like, actually wanting, you know, to work together moving forward. Uh, I think there's, you know, more conversations to be had. I think no player wants to be part of any type of rebuild. I said that years ago. Um, reloads are a lot of fun because you feel like you're close. You're only a couple guys away. This game is about relationships. It's about the players you play with and count on, even if uh, they don't maybe show up huge in the stat book. A guy like Mercedes Lewis is an important cog in the wheel of the locker room and the momentum of the team. That's a guy I want to finish my career with. If I'm playing, I want that guy next to me, you know. I want the Randall Cobbs of the world, if he wants to be playing, in my locker room. Guys you can win with. You know, Alan Lazard, Bobby Tunyon, Dave Bakhtiari. There's a lot of interesting names that um, will see, you know, their uh, desire to re-sign these certain guys who are glue guys in the locker room will be an interesting conversation to be had. So there you go. It goes through the list of names. Their desire, meaning Brian Goodikens and the Packers, desire to sign these guys will be an interesting conversation. So it's a standoff. Yeah, it's and it shouldn't be. No, it he, shouldn't be. He should just say, you know, give me some guys. Yeah, you know, and maybe run a couple of them past them. But you know, he he needs to stop worrying about his friends and start looking for weapons. I uh, I've said all along I would if I'm Goody, I uh, I find him in a month. Let him go away. Find him in a month. Go wherever he's at. Sit down and say, how you feeling? Good? Yeah. Still feel like an MVP? Yeah, Good? If you want to be a player, period. You want to be a player. If you are, not to say money's an object, but it's $60 million bucks. We expect the return on the investment. Here's what I want you to do. Come up here and look at some of these wide receivers that we've been studying on film. Right. I want to look at that. I want your input. I want to know what you like. I want yeah. to know what you don't like. I want you to talk about the offensive lineman, who we may be able to get, what guy does what. You know, take a look. Feel like he has an input and some ownership. Get him that. excited. Yep. And, frankly, take away the excuses. Yeah. And then that's exactly what I would do. And then say, we got two years to run this thing back. Let's do it. And that, that's where I'm at. 
Uh, beyond that, I don't want to hear out the what if and all that kind of crap. All the other stuff can go out the window. When we come back, we'll start to talk about the rest of the teams in the divisional round of the weekend coming up. Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live at the uh, Root River Center. We're here in Franklin, Wisconsin. Mike Clemens and I hanging out tonight. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more. The Bill Michaels Huddle. Two more segments yet to go. And our picks coming up for the weekend as well. Right after we go. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. We start with news on the two-time reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Packers general manager Brian Goodenkutz meeting with the media that both Rodgers and Jordan Love, who will be going into his fourth season next year, will be on the roster once again. Is Aaron Rodgers good enough to win Super Bowls three years in a, in a row in win-or-go-home situations? He has not played well. This season, he has not played well, and I think that keeps getting brushed under the rug you know listen when you played for so long it's never just about like oh let's jump right into the season there's a lot of other things to get to the personal stuff there's you know other uh, topics of conversation but you know we had all the conversation like we wanted to have with them about football for now you know they're not pressing for any type of specific you know answer and i'm not mentally or emotionally at that point to give one i mean you guys saw as well he, he still can play at a very high level i really like the way he led us so you know again i think as we move forward over the next month or so we'll you know start putting these things together and see, see how that transpires. One more Welcome back to the program. It's the Bill Michael Suttle. We are broadcasting live. We are in uh, at Root River Center. We're here in Franklin, Wisconsin, uh, honestly, and it's uh, Mike Clemens alongside. It's kind of nice to have the round table back together again. Next week, don't forget, we're going to be at the New Berlin Ale House in uh, New Berlin. Uh, the, again, we're going to the bowling alley, the old Kuglitch's Bowl, and it's a huge facility. So, Looking forward to stopping over there and saying hi next Wednesday night. Don't forget. So we're looking forward to that. So, Mike, we got uh, – is there anything else regarding Packers before we get into the uh, rest of the games this coming weekend? No, just there was an interesting story about Mason Crosby and a bunch of the guys uh, went – Pat O'Donnell, the punter, uh, went to some ice fishing fundraiser up north in Monaco. In Tomahawk. Was. In Tomahawk. Tomahawk. Yeah, Tomahawk. It? Yeah. Yeah. And so that looked kind of fun, a little bonding yeah. like that. Uh, so I know exactly where they were at. Yeah, we ride motorcycles up there every every September. And some deal where he showed people where you know the way to get the the beer right to the uh, the proper temperature, where you can dip it in the lake through the hole. Yeah, you can do the ice fist and then pull it out. Sure, just in time. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the nice thing is. Unlike Maher, who was up here a year ago, he would dip it in and lose it. He couldn't get it back out of the hole. Mason Crosby was straight right down the middle every Missed time. Missed it four times yeah. in a row. So, uh, speaking of that, apparently uh, new breaking news is that the uh, Dallas Cowboys have a new kicker. Really? Yep, they brought a new kicker in. At least uh, that's... It's Brent Marr. That's how you pronounce it, Marr. Marr, yeah. That's uh, at least the report. Is that No Ma- longer with the company. Marr is, Marr is on his way out. That uh, apparently the... How about that? Yeah, they said that the uh, the Cowboys are finding themselves a new kicker. So I don't uh, care. Which... <laughs> there you go. Uh, you got the early game coming up on Saturday, and this is a good one. The Jaguars, and you and I both covered Doug Peterson. Such a great guy. And, uh, you know... Favre would give you the Favre stuff at the podium and talk. And you'd ask two questions, and Favre would ask, ask his own questions after that. You right. know, Do I enjoy this? Well, sure I do. And then he'd go off and, you know, wherever he wanted to go with it. And then you'd go into the locker room, and there's Doug Peterson sitting in his locker, and then you'd ask him. And he would tell you about, you know, Brett going hunting and what the offense was, what the play call was, and no, they didn't see this. And Brett laughed about that. And, you know, so well, you know, Aaron Rodgers has got his Mercedes Lewis, and Brett Favre had his backup quarterback. Yeah, Craig Knoll was another one. Yep, yep. And there was one day we came in, and they just let the media into the locker room, and there's this 
terrible smell. And it's almost like, do we need to call a, a pull a fire alarm or yeah. call 911? What's going on? And then he uh, rolled his eyes. Oh, jeez. And I could have, and I realized it was a stink bomb. Yeah. And then there was guys running out of the the bathrooms yeah. over by the showers. And I go, well, what is that? I, and I looked at Craig Nolan and I said, well, what's going on? And he says, who's the biggest kid in the on the team? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's like the story <laughs> that he. It's thirty six year old Brett Favre lining stink bombs. Dropped that on uh, John Madden, and Madden almost died. Yeah. After he had an allergic reaction to the a, stink bomb in a production meeting. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. But we're all rooting for Doug Peterson. Uh, I think it's a great story with Andy Reid, who uh, Doug Peterson was Andy Reid's protege. Uh, but I just, I, as much as I want to say Doug Peterson's got the touch and they're going to roll to a Super Bowl, I just think this is the week where the wheels come off. Obviously, I, I think that they really have. Isn't it amazing, though, uh, that they pick up uh, MVS, they pick up Juju Smith-Schuster, they have Travis Kelsey, and they, they lose Tariq Hill, yeah. and here we are again. Yeah. You know? No. And, you know, I I keep on waiting to hear MVS's name called. I think he got $10 million this year. Yeah. And, you know, Mahomes is like, yeah, he's maybe my fourth or fifth choice. He's he's the downfield guy. Every now and then they'll throw the ball deep, and he's the guy that. To go from this Urban Meyer nonsense in Jacksonville last yes. year to a team that had no expectations, and they hired Doug Peterson, who, you know, been on the beach a couple of years after he was, I thought, unfairly fired from the Philadelphia Eagles. And then at the end of training camp, there was this uh, big kid from the Wisconsin Badgers, Cole Van Lannan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, backup offensive tackle who just, he's got another couple more years before he gets ready. And he's the one that told the story. He said, yeah, we live so close to Lambeau Field that my dad couldn't afford tickets, but we'd watch the game on TV, and he'd open the windows to our living room so we could hear the crowd yeah. cheering. Okay? Yeah. And he gets drafted by the Packers, but, you know, they're too deep at offensive line, so they trade him. To Doug Peterson and Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, well, make sure the kid gets a job. He's now a backup right tackle on a team in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, when they <laughs> traded him to Jacksonville, they thought, oh, well, they can't do any Siberia. harm there. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And look at him. He's in the damn playoffs. So so just that's a successful season for the Jaguars and, and Doug, but there's just no way I see the Kansas City Chiefs ending their season at Arrowhead this Kansas weekend. City, eight-and-a-half point favorites going into this one. You've got the Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs. Uh, I will say this. I think the Jaguars cover. I just got this feeling that the Jaguars cover in this one. Ben, who you got in this one coming up? No, it's a good opinion. They're a good team to bet on. They've been very profitable over the last three, four months. I do think there's something to be said about using magic maybe too early, right? Like we see the the Minneapolis miracle. The Vikings go the next week. They lose by 31 in Philadelphia. Uh, So they kind of use their magic to come back from 27. I don't think there's any way they win, but I do think they'll fight and keep it close enough to cover. Then coming up, the late game. Great uh, learning experience for Trevor Lawrence. Yes, it was. Yes, no, it was. It will be this weekend. And that, that's the guy that we all figured we'd see in his yeah. first year. Yeah. So uh, right. and now that he's got a real quarterback's guy there. Now you got the Giants, uh, the late game, Giants and Eagles. Uh, there is not a bad game on the docket this weekend, by the way. Giants and Eagles. Giants, after winning magically in uh, in Minnesota, knocking the Vikings out. Now they got a tougher defense. Jalen Hurts coming back. Jalen Hurts says, regardless, I'm going to play. We don't know what the shoulder is going to be, but, you know, the Giants are going to get after him. Uh, it, but will he have much rust or still pain or how hurt is he? I, I don't know. But I, Daniel Jones willed that team to a win uh, up in Minneapolis. I don't 
they just couldn't throw the ball a lot uh, when it mattered the most. They finally got the ball into the end zone and got a field goal, but uh, I, I, I think the Eagles get the win. I think the Giants keep it close. I, I, I don't think the Eagles win by more than a 7.5-point spread. I'm taking the Eagles to win, the Giants to cover. Yeah, the Giants have learned a lot, and Brian Dable, man, I, I, I mean, he had that Statue of Liberty play against the Vikings, you know, where uh, Dan Jones has got the empty passing yeah. hand, and then, you know, does does the backhanded handoff. They had to, to work on that, man. That was perfect, yes. a little behind-the-back dish. So a little bit of trickeration, but for the most part, they are so straight ahead. They are so much good about execution, you know, and just lining up, and they just rolled over the Vikings, and, you know, Terms, I'm not a fan of these running quarterbacks. Look at Jalen Hurts; he got hurt. You know these, and you know Justin Fields in Chicago. I'm surprised he ended up on IR with all the shots that he took. Yeah, Tua, all these running quarterbacks, but that's what's going on right now. Josh Allen, and and so Dan Jones is as big. When you get down on the field, he's as big as Josh Allen. He's a tall guy, yeah, big guy. Um, I don't know about this. Philadelphia is seven-point favorites because they're at home. It's probably because they're just so much probably deeper on the defensive side, whereas the Giants have got a bunch of backups still in that secondary. But, you know, Wink Martindale, man, he, he's dialed up some great stuff to shut down Kirk Cousins. I think it's closer than seven points, but I guess i got to lean toward the Eagles winning at home. Michael? Or Ben, I should say? Uh, I mean, I think the Eagles win running away. And that's not a biased eye. I, like, genuinely, I, I just don't think the Giants are good. Uh, towards down the stretch of the season, take away the game. They sat all their starters last week of the year. They, they were a sub-500 team over the last two months. Remember, they started really hot. Yep. And then, yep. I, I don't know, I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. They, they're just not very talented. So it's a good coaching job, but eventually when you're playing on the road and a night game in that kind of atmosphere against that kind of roster on both sides of the ball, I, I just don't think they have close to enough to keep it close. So the Eagles will the cover. Eagles Will the Eagles run more? Will Jalen Hurts stay back in the pocket more to protect the shoulder and to save himself for the Super Bowl? Is he going to run outside uh, again, uh, or has is, is he you know, sort of learned his lesson? What do you think, Ben? I don't think they can because it's what got them there. The whole reason they're uh, up the middle between the tackle run game works is because of the threat of Hurts. They, they open up so much space just because Hurts can take off. So if they drop him back and totally eliminate that, then that's when you see the offense not work. So I, they just have to go with what got them there. It's his shoulder that's hurt. It's not even his leg, right? So if he does get rolled up on, it's not as if that's re-aggravating an ankle. And uh, you just you live with it. You die with it. I don't think you could save anything for the Super Bowl because that's not a given. I, I was listening to Kurt Warner today talk about that, and they said Kurt Warner said, you do what got you there. He said, because there is no tomorrow. If you start holding stuff back or trying to think that you're going to hang on for next week, then all of a sudden you're beat, and then you hung on enough. And he said, you let it all hang out, and you go for the win. So I would assume that's what they're going to do. When we come back, we got two more games to get to, both of them on Sunday. Stay tuned. Final segment of the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. We'll be back right after this. Here we go. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back to the program. Final segment of the show before we get out of here. About uh, five minutes to go before we take off. The Bill Michaels Hell brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They're the official beer sponsor 
of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We're uh, alongside Mike Clemens, Ben Kenny, back in the uh, studios in Madison, and uh, we get on with gay- day two, I should say, of the two games that uh, are going to matter, uh, well, a lot when you get into uh, the postseason, obviously, but uh, obviously Ben Kenny's rooting for the Eagles. We were talking about Doug Peterson and the Jaguars. Both of those games are on Saturday. Sunday, it's the, you don't want to call it a rematch, it's the revisit. Uh, you've got Cincinnati this time on the road in Buffalo. The last time these two met, January 2nd, Monday night, and that's when DeMar Hamlin collapsed. The game was then canceled, and uh, Cincinnati had a lead at the time, looked pretty good at the time. They feel their game plan was really good, but they come into this contest banged up on the offensive line, five-and-a-half-point underdogs. As much as I think, uh, and I got a lot of friends who are Cincinnati fans, I think not only does Buffalo win, I think Buffalo covers. Yeah, I do too. Um, the Bengals, uh, you know, had a physical game against the Ravens uh, in order to advance here. Um, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of Joe Burrow, but uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills have been, I thought, a team that was kind of destined for the Super Bowl all year after losing the way they did. You know, in that to shootout with the Chiefs last year. Uh, I wonder if they can get past, past the Chiefs this year. I can tell you this: if it's not the Chiefs. I think the league, you know what team they want to see for the AFC in the Super Bowl? The Buffalo Bills. I mean, yeah. what a story that would be. And that's just crazy ratings. So the, the ratings gods, Nielsen is hoping the Buffalo Bills yeah. advance to the AFC championship game. Ben? I, I think the Bengals really should have lost last week, frankly. Take like you take you flip that fumble recovery, make that a Ravens touchdown. The Bengals and all their you know like shotgun draw stuff just doesn't really work against staunch defensive fronts. And then Burrow has yeah. to bail them out. So I think in mm. Buffalo they'll have enough. I don't think Josh Allen throws his game away. I think he actually plays somewhat conservative. I hope to not have those Farvian interceptions, but I, I think the Bills win. And then the last game on the docket, you've got to the Cowboys on the road, four-point underdogs in this one after getting a big win uh, over a bad uh, Tom Brady team and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But he's running up against a guy that nobody heard of at the beginning of the season and except for being Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy. Um, but I'll say this. It's a whole different defense they're going to be facing out in San Francisco versus what they just faced down in Tampa Bay. San Francisco four-point favorites. Uh, as much as I'd like to see sentimentally maybe Mike McCarthy win this thing, I, I, I think the Brock Purdy magic continues. And I think the 49ers find a way to win in this one. And if I'm going to say they're going to win, I'm going to say they're going to win by eight or more. I don't think the uh, atmosphere at Levi Stadium is that strong out of those no. 49ers fans. Uh, but the Cowboys are also banged up, and it's a short week for them. They, they played Monday, then they turn around and play on Sunday. Their safety, J. Ron Kurse, uh, left the game with a knee injury, and he was limited in practice today. And then, of course, Jason Peters, uh, he was banged up as well. Uh, he's got a hip injury, and so he had to skip uh, practice as well, too. So uh, there are only a couple of backup defensive linemen on the 49ers that are really on the injury list of significance. So injuries are on that way, but... It's McCarthy, you know, that's a pretty experienced coach, and Dak Prescott looked so good, you know, the other night. Maybe Dak could do more than any other quarterback that these 49ers have faced in the last month that, that, that could be the difference. Maybe they could actually get some scoring. If Dak, that Dak shows up that we saw last week, it's going to be a good they, game. Y'all, it'll be a hell of a game. Ben? 
I don't know. Things are so easy for Purdy, and he hasn't really faced a defense on this kind of stage like Dallas has compared to that of Seattle. Uh, on the Dallas side, the, the Jason Peters thing is interesting because he's been injured for the greater part of six years now, and he's somehow still <laughs> doing it. I, I don't know. I want Dallas to win. I want Dallas to come to Philadelphia next weekend for the NFC title game. I think San Fran wins, and then we don't see the true maybe Purdy step back to reality until when he goes to Philly next week. So I'll take the Niners. Got the Niners in that one. There you go. That's it. Mike, good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah I, I tell you, the thing I like about Brock Purdy is that he it's not complicated. He just no. does exactly what's needed. What Shanahan asked him to do. Yeah, what, what Shanahan's asking him to do. Frankly, I think I could do that. I, I could roll out. You think? I could hit 15-yard passes to Depot. I can do that. I've so seen could Jordan Give me Love. a chance. Yeah, I've seen you roll out of bed. That's about the extent of it. In the morning. Yeah. Tidy whitey's underwear. I'm like, okay, we, yeah. we got to Mike, close your door. With, we got to go to work. With pressure from the quilt and the yes. woman I'm sleeping with. <laughs> That'll do it. And that image will be burned in our memory until next week. It's time for us to get here. Thanks to the staff and management at the, uh, the Root River Center here. And uh, thanks to Mike. Thanks to our friends at Bud Light as well for being a, a proud sponsor of the program <laughs> until we talk again tomorrow have a go the bill michael show podcast listen rate subscribe